Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers. Open Think Tank, as promised. Joining me now, our friend from the Times Picayune, NOLA.com, and the advocate, Saints beat writer Luke Johnson. Luke, how are you, my friend? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Um, this is going to seem uh, random, but I got to ask you because every now and then we'll get a caller that says, "Well, you know, when you you didn't you didn't play at a high level, so what do you know?" Uh, as a reporter, whether it be when you were covering teams in college or in the pros, <laughs> have you ever had the athlete drop that line on you? Like, well, you didn't play. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but you occasionally see it. And uh, and, and how do reporters typically react to something like that? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know if it's ever happened to me. Although I I, I do think I've gotten like uh, like the look that says you didn't play, you know? Um, but I tried to, uh, honestly, I just tried to, uh, to make my, uh, you know, whatever, whatever ignorance I have from not playing at a, at a high level up front. Um, I very often when I'm asking about, when I'm asking offensive linemen about their play, sure. I, I just let them, I let them know, like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So just like explain this to me, like I'm an idiot. And, uh, and that seems to work out. Um, if you're just kind of upfront about it, um, I think people can probably get into trouble where, um, yeah, they're assuming they know all the answers when they're asking the questions. Uh, so I think it's just best to always go into it with like kind of a sort of sense of curiosity and, uh, and understanding that you don't know everything. That's why you're asking the question. Preach brother preach. Yeah. I think like there, there are some things in sports, um, that are, I guess, more simplified than others. There are other things that are extremely complex and depending on what right. you're about to get into, uh, just be honest with what, what it is. But at the end of the day, uh, you do a good job covering the team. I've always said you're a great, uh, storyteller, like not, um, I mean, look, you might be a great fiction writer, but like nonfiction, like when you do a deep dive on a personal piece of an athlete or a coach, um, I've always enjoyed your work and, um, you know, uh, the fact that, uh, you never played in the NFL, doesn't? Uh, it, it never crosses my mind. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, yeah, don't, it, I don't think you know, your readers are like, well, you know, this lengthy piece Luke just did. I don't know. I mean, he he did, he's never played in the league before. I don't think I don't think most people think like that. Well, and it's all you know, it's all relative. You know, hey, they can tell me I've never played in the league, and I could be like, well, you've never written a five thousand word feature on somebody. Right, <laughs> you right. uh, you've never produced. You've never produced or hosted a radio show. Uh, sure. You know, you've never. I don't know. Worked in a factory, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you're right. No, all, whatever it is, you like, do. It is. It is all completely relative. So, That's like, uh, you know, it. Uh, it yeah, it, it is what it is. Amen, brother. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, a couple of rule questions I have for you, um, because I saw that Sean Payton on one of the Zoom press conferences. Uh, was saying, well, I think it was maybe to Mike Triplett, like, wait until you see what we do with the practice squad and. Um, and, and injured reserve this year because of COVID-19 what give us a few rules Luke that uh, you have to kind of like double check on your notes because there's there's oddity this year it's not the typical NFL season for a variety of reasons that's easy to see on Sunday but also just from a roster rule standpoint yeah there's there's so much uh there's so much that, that's different this year um you know when, when the Saints when the Saints suited up on Sunday, they had 55 players, not 53. Um, they're, they're able to, uh, 
um, bring up two players a week from their practice squad that they can then revert back on Monday without having to worry about that player going through waivers. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's typically why, you know, a team might keep somebody on the practice squad and they might really like them, but they don't ever bring them up throughout the course of a year uh, because they're worried about having to, to try to put them back down on the practice squad. And then, uh, you know, doing that, they have to, they have to put them on waivers and expose them to the other 31 NFL teams. Uh, so that's one of the new rules this year. That's how they brought Marcus Hunt and Benny Fowler up to the active roster on Sunday. Um, both of them obviously came through with, with huge plays on special teams. And then they both reverted back to the practice squad uh, yesterday without any, um, without exposing them to the other teams. Um, obviously, they can keep 16 players in the practice squad this year. That was going to be 12 before COVID hit. Um, and it's going to continue expanding uh, in the, the seasons to come. But they added four more this year because of uh, because of COVID. Um, let's see. Uh, they can have a, a different number of active, like more active players. They can have like up to 48 active players. And I think there's like a, a rule about, you know, they have to have a minimum number of offensive linemen, um, which is just, I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um they can have, I think, like six guys on the practice squad with literally any experience. Yeah. Um, so that's why, like, uh, like Josh McCown, uh, who you would have never seen on a practice squad uh, with like 16 or 17 years of NFL experience, is on the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad now, even though he's not with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's like in Texas making $200,000 a year to be a Eagles practice squad quarterback. That's pretty good. Not, um, not not a bad gig if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just like there's a lot of changes like that, and I feel like um, I feel like I have a pretty decent grasp on it. And as and as soon as I say that, there's there's probably going to be something that just feels completely new to me. Oh, another another big one to to keep an eye out on is the uh, uh, the updated injured reserve rules. Um, used to be they could only put two guys or they could only bring two guys back from injured reserve in a season, um, and that player had to miss at least eight games and six weeks of practice. Um, now that player can go on injured reserve and come back after three weeks and teams can bring an unlimited player or a number of players back. So uh, it, that's interesting for a number of reasons, because I think, you know, obviously um, you know, it allows you a little bit more flexibility. You don't have to have a player who is hurt and not going to be playing for, three, four, five weeks, um, you don't have to keep that player in your 53-man roster. You can put them on, on IR for a short term and go out and uh, and acquire another player to, to take his place, place and be healthy. Um, and then on top of that, it also gives you a sense for really how serious some of the other injuries are. Um, Cesar Ruiz and Marcus Davenport both missed week one. And anybody who's asking if they're going to be out for a significant amount of time, I think that the new IR uh, will tell you they expect them back probably uh, this coming week or, or the, the week after um, because they're they're not anticipating those guys are going to have to spend three weeks on injured reserve. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a lot of interesting things about that as well, yeah. and I, I think that'll that'll be one that we might see just carry over into next season. It's it's I, I feel like uh, Luke Johnson, our guest. I mean, I'd love your take on it, but 
from my perspective, it, it seems like this kind of thing is tailor-made for Sean Payton, who I, I think it's some, some may think that like every NFL team sort of pushes the limits of a practice squad and calling guys up and on. And the reality is I went and looked one year, and it's, it's not like that across the league. Some teams do it seldomly. Some teams do it every week. Sean Payton uh, and Mickey Loomis, the back end of the 53, everyone talks about Payton uh, and Loomis and Mickey Math and all this stuff he does with contracts, but the back end of the 53-ran roster, week to week, it, you know, the old joke of, oh, well, you know, this this UDFA might go on injured reserve with a, uh, you know, a, a hangnail and, you know, he'll, he'll quote redshirt. Like they are constantly tinkering with the back end of that roster every single week and pushing the rule to the absolute limit. This just opens up that door so much more for him. I, I, I would imagine that Sean Payton absolutely loves having a little bit more freedom as it pertains to the back end of this roster. Uh, 100%, yes. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely does. Um, I, I think they're going to take full advantage of that this year. Which, like, the whole quote that you led into this segment with, um, you know, good luck keeping up with, with all our moves. Right. Um, yeah, that, I, I feel like he took, like, a certain amount of glee saying that to us. He's like, we're going we're gonna to use this we're thing a lot. With you. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Um, all right, the 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 game on uh, on Sunday, Saints open up with a a double digit victory against the Bucks, and um, you know I think after a win, uh, some struggles aren't quite as highlighted as much, um, and after a loss, you know some positives aren't. That's just the reality of it. But let's start with the things where the Saints appeared to be a bit rusty. Peyton and Breeze were pretty critical of themselves. Where did you think the Saints were most rusty in Week One? I think clearly it was their their offensive execution, their, their defense, I, which surprised me. Um, I, I kind of went into this thinking uh, uh, it would be a little bit of a uh, of a shootout if the offenses were were clicking, um, because they, defenses haven't haven't like these guys haven't tackled for you know, nine months, ten months. Um, it's no preseason, uh, very very little live contact in, in training camp. Um. Yeah, I, I think that was surprising to to see them go out and execute the way they did, and it was really surprising to see the offense struggle. Um, they have basically the same outside of Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they had the same starting eleven out there that they had last year. Uh, so I, I think Tampa's defensive front is really good, and that caused some problems. Um, I think Caesar Ruiz will probably solidify some things when he gets in there. Um, I don't think Drew's going to average 160 passing yards a game. I, I think he's going to be very good again this year. Um, but they definitely were not firing on all cylinders. Um, and Buccaneers, again, had something to do with that. Like, you're looking at Michael Thomas. Um, not only was he just not really a factor in, in the game from uh, from a scheme standpoint, but uh, Carlton Davis, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers young corner, really just kind of took him out of the game. He was uh, really, really great in uh, in man coverage. You just don't see that very often against Michael Thomas. I was looking at next-gen stats, um, and Michael Thomas, uh, among qualified receivers, had the uh, lowest amount of average separation on his targets, uh, 0.8 yards, tied with Jimmy Graham, which is not where you want to be. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think they just they did a really good job uh, defensively against the Saints. 
um, and that made things a little bit harder. Uh, I, I don't anticipate that'll continue. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out this week and and uh, had a really good game offensively. But you know, it, it's it's really hard to complain too much about it because they almost had 40 points on the scoreboard if it weren't for a touchdown being overturned at the very end. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they'll be in good shape. I, I think if you're going to go out and and uh, kind of kick things around a little bit in week one and still score 34 points and come away with a win, you have to be pretty happy. Yeah, and just a few inches away from making it 40 and potentially 41. Uh, Sean Payton pulling out a trick play uh, when you've won the game pretty much and there's 78 seconds left. Your thoughts, Luke? I love it. Look, I, I'm, I'm always here for having your foot on the gas no matter what. It doesn't matter to me if you're if you're up by two scores with with a minute and a half left. I, Tom Brady has done crazier stuff before, um, so yeah, just be aggressive, be on the attack all the time. These guys are professionals; they're not going to get their feelings hurt. They wanted to stop it; they should have stopped it. Michael, I love it. it. Do that. Do that every play. Like, do it all the time. Do it when you're up forty. Like. Uh, and that stuff's so fun. Like I, I can't stand it. I can't stand fans who who like come into that. They like uh, you know be a better man or whatever. You know. Well, no. I, to be to no, be clear, I, I, know you, I know you're not. Yeah, yeah. I, know you're not I, saying that. I think look, I know you're not saying that. But I, I, I just the the general idea of it, right? It's just like no. Who the hell? Like if if they're up if they're up big or even if they're they're in that situation right there. It's like do do you really want to see like another Latavius Murray like like. Uh, you know, run up the B gap and <laughs> gain gain two yards and set yourself up for you know a short pooch punt or uh, or a field goal to to make your lead you know seventeen points instead of fourteen. Like now, I, I give me the, the double pass uh, to to Alvin Kamara and watch him do some crazy stuff and get down near the goal line. I loved it. Um, the the only argument that I that I think is fair against it is um, you know. Don't don't show that on film yet, which I think is is uh, I think it's it's fine, you know. But I am not in the camp. Uh, look, I'm not in the the whole, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis. Don't swing at that, you know. I, I'm I'm certainly not in that camp. To be clear, yeah. um, when when you're in the professionals and you know, Peyton I, really I, he just gives no bleeps. I mean, that's just how he is. And when it works, I think I think most fans absolutely love it. And occasionally, when it doesn't, they'll get upset. But uh, he, there, there are some things Peyton has done that I think has, um, I think he's evolved as a coach, and I think that's the key to being a coach for a long time in the NFL. There's also a few things I think about him that'll never change, and um, he's always going to have uh, an emotional aspect to some of his decision making, and and kind of just. Look, I really I'm at a point in my coaching career where I don't give a bleep and I'm going to run these plays whenever the hell I want to. And um and it I am at look, as somebody that works on sports radio and for you as a beat writer that covers the team, of course we're going to like something like that. It's just great material and it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah, keep it going. Keep keep coaching emotionally. Keep busting out the trick plays with with uh, 75 seconds left or whatever. I'm I'm here for it. Should uh, this is the question I know you can't answer, but I'll ask anyway. Should fans be um, concerned about Michael Thomas and his availability Monday night? Uh, I think uh, I, I think there there should be a concern. Yeah, um, 
yeah, I'm sure Mike is going to try to play through it, and he is a really tough guy. Um, uh, but yeah, I think if you're just being smart as a Saints organization, um, you're not going to have that guy out there if he's if he's not 100% ready. Um, I think they if if they went through this situation last year with with Alvin Kamara where he came back out on the field and he wasn't ready and, and he just was not the same for the rest of the year. Um, I, I don't think you want to do that with Mike Thomas. Um, I, I think it might be, yeah, Mike is probably chomping in the bed to go out there and play again, especially having a, after having a, a really down week one, um, he probably wants to go out there and, and dominate. Uh, but I think if you're, if you're smart, you know, you, you tell him to, to probably sit back and, and, uh, and give it a week and, and let himself heal um, yeah, this is all obviously speculating. I, I, I don't know how significant the injury is. Um, you know, maybe he's he's out there walking around just fine right now, and, and it's not something we need to even worry about. But if it is something that's bothering him, and uh, and he's like gritting through it to play, I just don't think that's a smart idea because um, you've got a, a really long season and hopefully a long postseason. You need to you need him to be at one hundred percent. Luke Johnson of Nola dot com, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Uh, for 99.999% of us, we saw the game on Fox. For 0.001% that weren't part of the team and actually, you know, uh, on the Saints team in some capacity, uh, you got to be there. And that was some uh, members of the media. I, I Look, I, I've, I've seen what you guys have written, but I want to hear it out of your mouth, Luke. What, what was game day like in a Superdome with, with no fans at all? Luke, you there? I think we just lost Luke. Hey, oh, no, there you go. I'm, Sorry. I'm here. We yeah, lost you for no, a my, second. My, no, my cheek, uh, my cheek pressed the mute button on my phone. Um, <laughs> All right. So you heard the question? Yeah, yeah. All right. So it was it was super weird. Um, and it, one of, one of the things that you're not picking up on uh, when you're watching the broadcast is is what happens when they go to like uh, because they just like shut all the the pipe the noise down the music down and it's just quiet there <laughs> it's so weird and and uh and you can just like hear things that you're just not accustomed to hearing it just kind of it's kind of like this dystopian like view of football um it's not even not even hearing the players like you can hear the like the net that they put up behind the goalpost you can hear it like squeal when they're like raising it um <laughs> Uh, you know, they were they were running out to the field. I shared a video of this, uh, but when they were running out to the field for player intros, uh, they still brought like the like the, the fake pyro out, which I, I think it's just like smoke with it's like backlit by by LEDs. But you could hear you could you could hear like the the kind of like explosive release of the smoke, and that was like all you could hear. It was it was odd. It was so strange, um, and I I still you know I. I I watched the broadcast yesterday, but um, the the fan noise that they piped in on the broadcast, I think, sounded louder than it really was. Um, and maybe it was different from the press box than it was down on field level. Uh, but everybody who who referenced it, even uh, Buccaneers um, players and coaches, uh, when they were talking about the, uh, the noise in the stadium, they said it was it was too quiet. Uh, you know, 
Bruce Arians was saying like he wants it louder so his mom can't hear him cuss. Um, yeah, I, I think even the Saints' offensive players who are not accustomed to having any noise when they're in the dome, uh, those guys all wanted it louder. Um, so it, it was just like from the from the press box, you could like barely hear it. Like it was it was like hearing like when they played the songs, like the the music that they typically play, stand up and get crunk and all, all that. It sounded like you were listening to it. Uh, through like somebody else's headphones, like somebody like left their headphones on the on the counter, and you could hear the music they were playing. It was just very very quiet, very That's odd. Weird man. Um, yeah, it was it was so strange. Uh, and I, the NFL like yeah, they put this uh, this kind of seventy decibel limit on things, um, and I, I think they're they're uh, willing to be uh, to be heard on some stuff and be flexible and, and kind of move. Uh, you know, and change things up week to week. Uh, so hopefully we'll see them, uh, we'll see them kind of adapt a little bit, a little I, bit and, and play some louder music next week. I mean, 70 decibels. I was saying this last week, the 70 decimal thing, that's just like classroom chatter. You know, it's not, it's just, I, I can't, I've never been to a Metallica concert, but I have a friend that's been to a bunch and now he has hearing problems. But I can just imagine, like, okay, now you're going to go to one, but there won't be fans, and they're just going to play an acoustic show, and they won't have drums. <laughs> like, what? what is that? That's going to seem a little weird, but I guess if you really love Metallica, it's still that. Um, it's it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison, but, you know, it's like you no, can I'm, so- I'm, I'm taking it. I think, that's, I think that should be the standard. There you go. There's the standard. There, yeah, you're welcome to write it if you want, man. No, no credit needed. You can slip that in a column, but... Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, I could tell that like, I can't get a feel for it on TV, but like hearing your descriptions of it and all the players be like, look, man, it's because if you're watching on TV, there are these moments, at least for me. And I've talked to other folks that agree. I'm certainly not speaking for everyone. There are moments when you're watching on TV where you can just kind of get lost in it. Right. Cause you've got the fake crowd noise. Uh, you're not seeing shots of the, the, the seats, you know, when it's just your, your typical TV camera angle. Uh, when the team's snapping the ball at like the 30 yard line and you're just, you get lost and it's like, it's just football for a minute. And then other things will happen and you'll see a shot of something and you'll just be reminded like, oh yeah, it's kind of a weird year. But there are moments where you just kind of get lost in it. And I think for the players, they're trying to do their job and yet to try to make it as normal as possible for them, I think is a lot more difficult than it is for somebody viewing at home when they're they've got the piped in crowd noise and they you know can hear the pads and the helmets just the crack of the, the the cracking sound of a tackle something like that i imagine for the players man it's just to truly get lost in the moment um is is going to be a lot more difficult this year even if they increase the decimal level a little bit it just it just seems it's just this is the this is the normal for this year and i think the players will be a little more used to it week 4 than they were week 1 but that was really weird yeah, I mean, I think as with anything, um, you just do it for a little while and, and you get used to it. I, I think uh, it took it was really really weird going out to practice um, for a number of reasons. Like like when training camp first opened up, I I hadn't gone anywhere in months. Uh, it felt weird just leaving my house and being somewhere and then not having there not be any fans or doing all this you know, social distancing among the media core. We're getting tested every day. And then by the end of training camp, like in three weeks, uh, it just like it didn't feel any different than what I'd done before. Um, so I, I think it's it's just going to take it's going to take a little bit to get used to it. And I think that you know it's probably going to have an impact on some of these games. I think it probably did in week one, um, 
but uh, I, by the time you know week two, three, four rolls around, they, they should just be you know, playing as they normally would. A question that um, only a member of the media would care about, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Was the press box still freezing, and did, did were you guys provided any food? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, but I, I was—they actually, uh, since they spaced us out so much, I was—I was all the way back in the third row instead of the first row. Um, so, for those who have never been up in the press box at the dome, which I imagine is ninety-nine percent of the people listening, um, the very first row of the press box. Uh, is like directly in line with the, the air conditioning vents. Uh, it'll like blow your your stats all over the place. It's so powerful. So I was actually kind of warm back in the third row. Uh, nice. But I, I don't I don't know if that was actually the case in the front row. Um, and then for food, they had uh, they just had like some pre boxed pre boxed meals, which I think is kind of what they're going to be doing around the NFL. I've seen a couple people do that or like tweet out pictures of their food. Luke Johnson has uh, has been our guest. Uh, I guess my my final question will be football related. I know I've been all over the map this morning, so my apologies, my friend. Um, what what's your 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 biggest takeaway from Week One heading into Week Two for this football team? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably twofold. Um, I think their their defense is really going to be a problem for teams this year. Uh, the addition of, of Janoris Jenkins, I think, just uh, just really takes a takes a, a weak spot away. Uh, you know, if teams were were trying to move the ball through the air last year, they could maybe pick on Eli Apple. I don't think they're going to be able to pick on anybody on this defense. Um, and their their defensive front might be the best in the NFL, one of the best. Um, when you got Trey Hendrickson, who's their third defensive end, just like completely ruining Donovan Smith's day. Uh, they're going to be pretty good. Um, I like the fact that they were in, in sub-defensive personnel for like percent of that game. I, I went through and charted the snaps yesterday. I, I counted three plays. They were in base defense. Um, and a player like C.J. Gardner-Johnson just gives you so much flexibility in that regard. He's, he's basically a linebacker um, in, uh, against the run. Uh, he, he's so good. Uh, defending the run, but he's you know, obviously he's a he's a defensive back, so uh, just a lot of flexibility there. And then, um, and then my my other takeaway was uh, it was it was really good to see Alvin Kamara uh, just go out and and be himself uh, on Sunday. Um, yeah, the the numbers weren't great. Um, you know, Tampa was really keying on him, especially in the run game. They they dropped him for a number of losses. Um, because their linebackers and their defensive front in general are just like insanely good, uh, but I think Kamara is going to have a huge year, and it was it was really good just to see him back out there like having a ton of fun playing football. Um, I, I really think getting the uh, the contract out of the way before the season was such a, a brilliant move. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's clearly uh, just. Uh, that that was a huge weight off his chest, and uh, and yeah, I, I would honestly anticipate a huge game for him this weekend against the Raiders. Luke Johnson has been our guest at by Luke Johnson on Twitter. Uh, By Luke Johnson, he covers the Saints. Saints beat writer for the New Orleans Advocate slash Times Picayune. Nola dot com to get all of his great great content there. He is a Marine veteran. Usually, we end our conversations talking about war movies or TV shows. 
Uh, I don't want to keep him here any longer than he's already uh, given us. So um, I'll just say, do you have any any show recommendations before you before you leave? Anything you've watched mm-hmm. lately? Uh, we're working our way through season two of The Boys. Uh, oh God, I love so. it, dude! I love The Boys. I just, yeah, I'm sorry, so I'm good. jumping the gun here. I just like got into it. Like I had a week off of work week before last. I'm like, let me check this thing out. Just burn through season one because I had time. I wasn't working, and I, I'm a little, I'm a little upset. They're, uh, they're, they're now to the point where they're only releasing one episode a week because one episode I, a week, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I dig that show, man. Yeah. It's great, right? Yeah, yeah. First season was great. Uh, we're, we're still, we're still a little. We're, we're kind of feeling our way through the second season a little bit, but the first season was incredible, and. Uh, and Banking on the second season picking up a little steam. All right, we're gonna. We're, I feel like next time we chat, we'll cover the boys a little bit more. But I'm gonna let you run, man. Good. Thanks for the time, brother. All the best to uh, to you and the wife and, uh, and and the dogs over there. Love watching. I love reading your stuff over at nola.com at by Luke Johnson on Twitter, guys. If you're not following him already, go do it right now. Make it a point. Support him because he's doing great, great work covering this football team. As always, my friend. Thanks for the time, and I'm sure we'll be chatting in a few weeks or so. Always a pleasure, Scott. Thanks for having me on, man. You got it. Great stuff from Luke Johnson, as always.